You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. KMS 2018 March Madness Special. And welcome, welcome, welcome to exactly that, the 2018 March Madness Special presented by DKMS. I'm Craig Carton. I'll get you through the next couple hours, but I ain't going to do it alone. We have a lot of experts who are here to share their wisdom with you so that when you start filling out your brackets, you know more than the average guy sitting in the cubicle next to you. Certainly more than the president of your company, the secretary, the CEO, or that one jackass that always takes Notre Dame. Oops, they didn't make the tournament. That guy's not a problem for you. There are teams that will be a problem, and there are some specialty teams that you may have not considered. We're here to help you out. Who's on the crew, though? I'll go to my right first. This, of course, is Greg Sussman, weekend host of the Fantasy Sports Today right here on the Fantasy Sports Network. All the way across to the other side of the table is Mike Blewett. Same deal. Weekend host, Fantasy Sports Today. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us here in the studio. Good to be here. Way on the other side of the room (laughs) I'm sitting in right now is a guy that you're really going to want to pay attention to because he's going to help you make some money over the course of the next three weeks. And uh, from Barstool Sports, he's a gambling consigliere. That's a big Italian word for he's the guy you get information from. That is Blackjack Fletcher, my man. Craig, honored to be here. Can't wait to get started, guys. We got a lot to get into today. And joining us from Canada via Skype, my main man, Mr. Pots and Pans himself, is Gabe Morenzi. He, of course, is host of Game Time Decisions on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Gabe, thanks for checking in from Canada. And are you ready to go? Yo, I'm fired up, uh, Craig. I don't know if I'm an expert, but I am a degenerate gambler, so let's do this thing. I think that makes you an expert for the majority of people that are listening and watching right now. Um, Let me just go overall. First off, I I know we can all agree on one thing before we start arguing who's going to win, who's going to lose, and who's going to cover the numbers. It might have been the single worst presentation show in the history of NCAA and the tournament and March Madness. I'm not sure what Brainiac came up with that as a method of delivering us the, the teams that made it, but I'll start with you, Mike. Have you seen anything that bad ever? It, was, it came in backwards. Basically, the information came to us backwards. The audio looked like it was produced in the 80s, so not That's only was the delivery kind. bad, but it came in discombobulated, so it, it was nobody was accustomed to the way it was delivered to yeah. us. So why would you change it up, Gabe? I think like uh, I was, you seem confused by how they did it. You know, it's to the point right now, Craig, where people were asking me my instant takes at six fifteen and six twenty. I told them, listen, let's let this uh, garbage fest and uh, and train wreck sort itself out, and then we'll break it down after. As you stated, man, it went backwards. They came out with the South. I didn't know where the hell they were. They were doing half the brackets. The lights were going on and off half the time. Listen, I think Seth Davis is annoying at the best of times, but when I'm sitting there trying to find out uh, who's in and uh, who's playing who, yeah, the frustration level is pretty high. I actually just tuned out, man. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people did. It was like you found out you knew, that, you knew that your team made it, you didn't know what which part of the bracket they were in. You had no idea who they played, where they played, what time. And that, that part of it is when they used to reveal the brackets, Greg, it'd be like, all right, Syracuse is playing in Raleigh. They're playing against Rhode Island. We know they're going to lose because that's what they do. But it was instant gratification. Yeah, I think part of the problem was that the people doing it, Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith, haven't watched college basketball all year. They haven't watched college basketball since last year when they did this. I also thought it was ridiculous that Charles Barkley introduced the bracket where Auburn was in. 
And then you had Kenny Smith doing the one where North Carolina was in. Clark Kellogg did Ohio State. And you saw what they were trying to do, and it didn't work. What also didn't work, the studio audience who was clearly paid to be there, right? People with the Gonzaga paint on their face. There are no Gonzaga fans in Atlanta, Georgia. I can promise you that. Huh. Or people that can go to the store and buy paint and get it on their face in such a professional manner. Blackjack, of the four sections of the uh, of the brackets right now, is there a specific one that you think is stronger than the other three? Uh, yeah, Craig. I, I think that the, the uh, southern region is the toughest draw, which honestly to me is a little bit counterintuitive because Virginia is supposed to be the number one overall seed in this tournament, right? Yep. They're the number one team coming in. They should have a little bit of an easier path, yet you look at what they're, they're staring down here. They've got Kentucky and or Arizona. I mean, Kentucky or Arizona looming in the Sweet 16. Tennessee is in there. Cincinnati's a team that, that a lot of people think could make a run to the Final Four. Virginia, I think, drew the toughest path here moving and forward. And they're supposed to be the number one seed. Gabe, let me go to you. Is there a specific, you know, first glance, you've only had maybe eight or so hours to check it out. Is there a one seed or two seed, again, first glance, that you think is a walk to the Final Four? You know what? I thought, um, I think Villanova has the easiest path uh, coming out of the East. And I'm looking at the Midwest here right now, guys, and there's not going to be any free passes. You know, everything is set up. This is a ballet. These these matchups don't happen randomly. All right. CBS doesn't want they, you know, it's like American Idol. It doesn't matter what uh, what you're voting at home. All right. They got to give a record deal to the winner and they got to deal with it after. So you look at the way they set this up, Rhode Island and Oklahoma. They want to get Hurley versus Duke. But what catches my eye is Duke and Michigan State, two very powerful uh, teams that legitimately could win this, going to be colliding in the Sweet 16. Nothing easy about uh, the bottom bracket of the Midwest, Craig. Yeah, it seems like it's the first time that I can remember, Mike, that Duke actually had to win a couple tough games to get to the Final Four. Now, you were explaining to us off-air this quadrant system, yeah. uh, the way that they come down, the way they rank games, uh, the RPI, you know, a loss is no longer just a law. So walk people through exactly what you meant by that. Sure. So the quadrant system was supposed to simplify the way in which this happened, but it confused all the fans. Uh, to put it in lame's terms. Show them terms, the sheet you have in front yeah, of you, literally. So this is one example of one team's sheet with all this red and blue and orange color-coded items to try to designate what are good and bad losses. But to explain what the quadrant system is, we used to rely simply on RPI. Now they're taking an average of averages, the Ken Palm rating, the RPI, and a bunch of other rankings, put it together in a melting pot, and it spits out what a team should be. In the previous years, you and I could sit there and say, well, St. Mary's lost to BYU. That's a bad loss because their RPI is sure. making up a number over 50. However, now with this new quadrant system, losing to BYU on the road is not as much of a negative as losing to them in your own building. So you can conceivably lose twice to BYU. One of them is a quadrant two loss. One is a quadrant one loss. So it's graded differently based on where so you're then, playing. So then interrupt me and ask you that. One of the big issues for this tournament is that Syracuse got in. Notre Dame did not get in. And based on their meeting, when Notre Dame was missing their top two players, et cetera, et cetera, that Notre Dame didn't get the credit that they thought they deserved for that game, Syracuse somehow gets in not based on merit. So how do they explain that one decision? I think explaining Syracuse-Notre Dame to me ten times, I'd be confused all ten times. Right. Notre Dame went to Syracuse, beat them without their two best players. Right, they're in the Carrier these, Dome. Yes, they're beating these guys. Uh, so as much as up. they, and Gabe, Look at Blackjack, all the you guys know guys. about this as well as anyone, they can pay lip service to this crap. At the end of the day, 
It's like you said. They pick who they want because it might be sexy. It might be a big-name coach. It might be a team that has fans that travel well, all that kind of stuff. Really, when it comes down to maybe six or seven teams, that's as important as did they win enough games to get in. Right, Blackjack? Yeah, Craig. I mean, Can I, I say I something about that this, stuff too? You got to get into it. Okay, Blackjack's going to get it. has to factor into it. But I think what's also just as important to look at is as much attention as we pay to this, I think we're also kind of conditioned because we watch the way that the selection committee in college football works, right? Sure. And it's polar opposite to me because if we're looking at the way that the committee does things in football, this Oklahoma team, this Syracuse team, they're out. It's what have you done for me lately, right? Sure. And this committee seemingly has put all the focus on did you go on the road, did you take any of these games, even if they're months ago. And, I mean, you look at the way Oklahoma's played down the stretch. If this is the football selection committee, there's no chance this team sniffs this tournament. Let me go to Gabe on that same topic. Go ahead, Gabe. Uh, I agree 100% with Blackjack. They looked at the whole body of work as, as opposed to, you know, your wins in November and December were critical. The committee really didn't put a lot of premium in your recent form uh, right now. But I wanted to throw something in as far as what you guys were just talking about. I mean, it's, you know, to me, it's a joke. Oklahoma State, you know, doesn't get in. Oklahoma does. Uh, the USC Trojans go to the Pac-12 uh, tournament final. They don't get in. Uh, Notre Dame, clearly, you know, all season long. And Mike Bray's a great guy. Uh, you know, his his team was depleted all year long. What's the common theme here, though, guys? Louisville didn't get in. All teams that were referenced in this investigation, all teams that were referenced heavily in the investigation didn't get in. USC's in that investigation. Louisville's mentioned in the investigation. Surprisingly enough, Notre Dame is as well. I don't know how deep it goes, but it seems to be more of just a little bit of a coincidence uh, that a lot of these bubble teams that were named uh, in this in this Yahoo report didn't uh, make the tournament when it was all said and done. And clearly, you know, more than a handful of them are deserving to get in right now. Well, listen, it's not even a coincidence. You nailed it on the head. If there was a team that was on the proverbial bubble and they're listed as a team that's being investigated or may have been doing some shady uh, shenanigans, the NCAA, because they're the all-encompassing czar of everything, self-appointed, they were making a point. They were saying, look, if we think you did X, Y, and Z, and we're coming after you, and you're a bubble team, guess what? You're not playing yeah, in the tournament. Now, the, the reality, yeah, though, the is you could pick any team in this tournament, mm -hmm. and I'm a, any team. And I'll guarantee if you dug deep enough, you could put that team on the same list as Louisville and all the other squads because that's the – it's like when they come out and they announced a few months ago, we've just discovered that teams might be making payments to get players to play for them. Like, where have you been for the last 50 years? Just go watch Blue Chips. The movie's 25 years old. UCLA's dynasty was built on a uh – a booster funneling gifts to a lot of those players. John Which, Wooden was listen, it's the, I remember, you know, as a Syracuse grad, we had street agents here, and that's how you try to get the best New York City playground players. Every team has done it. Coaches typically have, you know, a plausible deniability. I didn't know they were doing it. Not every guy is wiretapped. Uh, but the reality is it's it's how you get players. There's a story out there that DePaul was looking into paying dudes. DePaul's got no money to pay anyone. That's its market wire, at least. For so we have a lot to do. What we're going to do coming up, we're going to spend a full segment on each region and let the guys break down who they think the best uh, upset shot is, which of the high seeds is the best chance to make it to the Final Four. They will hook you up with information on over-unders, on who covers the spread. Is there a 16 seed in this tournament that's going to cover the point spread? 
We're going to answer that question in a minute. But first, let me say this to you. We have Gabe Morenci in Canada via Skype. We have Blackjack Fletcher, who's the Barstool Sports Gambling Consigliere. And to my left and right, Mike Blewett and Greg Sussman from the Fantasy Sports Network and the show Fantasy Sports Today. I'm just here to help get from A to B. I bring very little to the table <laughs> other than A to B. And I'm going to take the same notes that you guys are going to take when Gabe and Blackjack tell me who they like in the first round. Because that's why they're here. They know better. Listen, every three minutes... An American is diagnosed with blood cancer. Unfortunately, only 30% of those patients are able to find a compatible bone marrow donor within their family. That's how you can help. Go to dkms.org slash FNTSY. Do it today and sign up online to register as a donor. DKMS will send every one of you that signs up a swab kit. It takes legitimately one minute to do it. You swab each of your cheeks and you send that back to them. And they do the rest. That's it. You're done. DKMS will try and match you up with a person who's currently in need of a donation. You can save somebody's life. The process is easy. Best of all, you can legitimately help somebody live beyond tomorrow. So check them out, of course, dkms.org slash FNTSY and see how you can help today. We have much more show coming up live from Studio 34. We are the Fantasy Sports Network, and this is your March Madness special, made possible by DKMS. Don't go anywhere. You know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. All right, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. This is the 2018 March Madness special presented by DKMS. We're going to go live all the way to 6 o'clock. No stone will be unturned. We have playing games, of course. Somehow, my alma mater, Syracuse, is so bad. And they shouldn't even be in this game, frankly, that they're playing uh, Arizona State for the right to be an 11 seed in the tournament. Uh, guys, let's start in the before we go to the south, and that'll be the first uh, region we start off. Let me just take a look at the, uh, the first four. Uh, LIU Brooklyn against Radford. There's no way any of you have a pick on that game, I'm assuming, or, or a take. Is, am I right on that? Oh, no, I've got a pick on it. Oh, you do? Blackjack Fletcher. LIU Brooklyn Radford. You can handicap that game? I like LIU in the points. I think Radford is, is probably, and Gabe, I'd be curious to get your take on this, I think Radford is probably the worst team in this tournament. They're not I really agree. officially in it yet, but go ahead, Gabe. 
I agree with I agree with Blackjack here. I don't understand uh, the number in this game. Give me the four and a half, uh, five points with an LIU team that scores 77 points a game. Uh, these guys can get after it. They're going to push the tempo. Uh, this program has been in the, these spots uh, before. Uh, Radford, lucky to be here, to be honest. I don't understand uh, the number in this basketball game. Well, it is four. Radford's favored by four. The other games, UCLA, St. Bonaventure. Uh, UCLA is minus three. You have Arizona State, lane one to Syracuse. And you have Texas Southern, lane four to NC Central. Of those four games, I appreciate what you guys just said about uh, the Radford, LIU, Brooklyn game. Any of the other three bettable Beyond the notion that, of course, if you're a man and you watch the tournament, you're probably going to bet on every one of them. But is sure. is there another game at the level that you like the Radford yeah, game? Yeah, brother. I, I, I'm really high on UCLA this year. Mm -hmm. I'm probably irrationally high on UCLA. But I think that they can make a little bit of a run in this tournament. And so uh, you look at UCLA, St. Bonaventure, three, three and a half around there, brother. I'm, I'm on UCLA. Gabe? I, I agree once again with Blackjack Fletcher. I see a lot of the Bonnies and... You know, you look at the talent uh, difference between these two teams. It's going to be a, a massive difference. Alford has been here before. To me, this is what coaching really counts. So the coaching process through the tournament is a massive one. I think UCLA is a little bit of a sleeper as well. They can match up with anybody. They're better than, than an 11-loss basketball team uh, is. You know, they lost by one point to Arizona. You know, they played better basketball over the last two, three weeks. They have too much uh, talent uh, for St. Bonaventure. One thing I don't like about this matchup is, and I was reading, Nate Silver did a great study about this. You could basically, you could basically blindly bet the team that travels uh, the fewer miles in these games. Basically, like 59% of the time, the team that uh, is closer to the site, the campus is closer to the site, uh, than, than the team that's coming further wins 59% of the time. But to me, there's just too much of a talent at difference here. And we've also seen guys in the past years, uh, one a, a team that wins one of these play-in games you know, generally has gone on a pretty deep run over the last couple of years as well. Yeah, the subject was said for rhythm, and obviously you know, win, win one game, you feel good about yourselves, you go into the next game, you're playing with house money. Mike, uh, the Syracuse-Arizona State game, you can make the argument that neither team belongs in this game. You can make the argument, of course, depending on what your rooting interest is, that they both have an opportunity, should be in this game. Uh, of those two teams, what you think Syracuse was the last to get in? And if so, so, other than Notre Dame, is there another team that has a legitimate claim to be in that game other than those two? Yeah, I think there's a couple. Look, the quadrant system favors the power conferences. So For sure. Middle Tennessee State and St. Mary's both have a gripe. You could probably say St. Mary's needs to just schedule harder. But every year they're winning 28, 29 games. It's not paying off for them. So I think those are the couple of teams that jump out to me that could be in there, other than Oklahoma State, which Gabe mentioned And for earlier. those of you that bitch and moan about why one of these teams gets an 11 seed, it's because of what Mike just said. It's about being in a conference where they're playing against better talent. Penn should not be an 11 seed. They're going to get waxed in the first round. Oh, they beat Harvard. Great. But they're not worthy of being an 11 seed. They are a legitimate 16 seed, and it's high goodbye. Uh, so I have no problem with teams playing for the right to be an 11 seed. And a lot of people think, if you weren't good enough to get in, why are you not playing for the 16? It's because if any one of these teams, more or less, played against the legit 16 seed, they're going to beat them by double digits, right? Yeah, absolutely. And going back to the, to the playing games we were just talking about in the first four, you guys are talking about UCLA, but Craig, you mentioned just momentum and, and how 
a lot of these teams in the first four go on and win a couple games in the tournament. Say Bonaventure won 12 in a row before uh, falling to Davidson in that A-10 tournament. They're not like a typical mid-major. I mean, A-10 is a, is a good conference with yep. Davidson and with Rhode Island. Speaking of St. Mary's, Mike, you mentioned St. Mary's not scheduling anybody. Rhode Island begged them for a home-and-home. Home. They begged. They'll say, hey, the first game will be in California. Rhode Island is a legitimate team in this tournament. We'll talk about them later. And Randy Bennett was like, nah, I'm good. I don't, we don't want to face well, Rhode Island. Right, Greg. And, and you're exactly right. And what happened? Rhode Island ended up playing against Nevada yep. early in the season. It was a big test for both of them and helped both these teams. And look who's in the tournament right now who got in. Nevada, the Wolfpack, despite getting knocked out of not a very good Mountain West conference. So it is clear. Scheduling counts. All right, well, let's start off with uh, the Southern Region. Virginia is the number one seed there. They have UMBC. Let's just be honest, 95% of you listening and watching have no idea what the M or the B or the C stood for until about 12 hours ago. They are favored by 22. I know a lot of guys that try to find a 16 seed getting the points that has a legit shot to cover. And I, I don't want to get too in-depth in, too in about first-half wagering just yet, but there's a lot of money to be made first-half wagering against number one seeds. I think Virginia's one of those teams that you can do that against. Blackshot, I'll throw it to you. Right, listen, they're going to win the game. Mm -hmm. The question is, is, is Virginia going to put up a 20-point di difference in the first half, and will they cover the 22? I, I have to tell you, Craig, I, I wouldn't take that approach in this particular game. Okay. UMBC is a, a really not a very good team at all. I mean, they stole a bid to get here. Mm -hmm. They really don't have any business being here. They are going to struggle to score in a major, major way against this Virginia team. Virginia is not going to have to do much to put, to put real separation between them and UMBC. This is one of those spots, and you know what? There's, there are trends that say that when you're laying over 20 points in these games, right. it only hits against the number at like 43% of the time. But this one, I, I really wouldn't think twice. Hey, Gabe, I'm going to go to you on something. There, there's an old uh, wagering thought process that in the tournament, if you have a worse seed that is a pick'em or favored, you always take that because there's a reason why a 10 seed is actually favored or a pick'em against a seven. The South has that. Nevada and Texas, it's a pick'em game right now, so it'll go off no worse than minus one either way. Are you a believer that that's a clear play on Texas being the 10 seed? You know what? I like where you're going with that, Craig, because who do you trust more? Do you trust the committee? Do you trust uh, Clark Kellogg and Charles Barkley? And Seth Davis, et cetera, or do you trust the Las Vegas odds maker? Right? I mean, I mean, if we looked at a real a real tournament uh, with the odds makers and the odds makers polls out of Las Vegas, it wouldn't be the same. But a couple of numbers that we're looking at uh, here, uh, as far as the 8-9 is concerned, this is where you're going to get a lot of the upsets. We've seen this in the past, and the numbers, uh, the numbers speak for themselves, uh, actually. Uh, the underdog in the 8-9 games, 22-10 and 10 against the spread since uh, 2009. We'll get to the 12-5 upsets. But I like where you're going with that, Craig, actually, because as we stated, you know, look, respect respect the number, respect the odds maker uh, more than the seed. The seeds are made by the committee, and the seeds are made so they can get the games on TV that they want. Sure. You know, it's sort of like the UFC. You know, Dana White knows who's going to win a fight. They know they, you know, they have a little mini bracket in the UFC matchmaking wall. All right. And this is the fight that we'll want to get uh, for the title. We talked about it earlier. Is it a coincidence? Oh, what a coincidence that Hurley could coach uh, against Coach K uh, right. this weekend. Right. What a coincidence that you could have an all Indiana white guy matchup with Butler and, uh, and Purdue. <laughs> like you go down the list. 
uh, of the matchup, Coach K. So it is it is sort of by design. But I like where I like your point. Uh, go with the point spread as opposed to what the seed is. Yeah, I'm also trying to figure out the locations of games in certain regions. <laughs> you know, I thought the South was actually the South. I was under the impression that the East was actually at least east of the Mississippi. The locations uh, don't go with that. Mike, let me turn to you now. Uh, Gabe referenced five twelves. Everyone falls in love with the twelve seed. It's almost to the point where it's a lock that a twelve seed is going to beat a five seed. I know everyone in every single office pool and bracketology thing always picks at least one twelve. Uh, doesn't mean it always happens that way, but for whatever reason, the twelve seem to have some success. Kentucky, amazingly, it's, they thought of as an underdog to win the conference tournament, which they did, and now they're only laying five and a half to the twelve seed, which is Davidson. Now, I, I can tell you as a fact, that is a, that is a trap game for sure because the American public is going to fall in love with Kentucky at a small number. And again, from a gambling standpoint, that reeks of take the points with Davidson. Matchup-wise, though, how do you like it? This is a much better team than Kentucky wanted to play in the first round. But that being said, Kentucky is white hot right now. Uh, I actually don't see any 12s beating any 5s this year. Uh, going through it, I usually try to find somebody. I like the 11 seeds better in this tournament than I do the 12s. So while I do think Davidson can give him a game in that 8-10, as Greg said earlier, the 8-10 is a legit league. Mm-hmm. People talk about Power 5 conferences or Power Conferences. The 8-10 top to bottom very often is as competitive as the majors. But I'll go with Kentucky, even though you're right. That spread, that game could be a trap for Kentucky. Yeah, as Gabe knows and Blackjack knows, there's, there's an old line in wagering where sometimes the spread is talking to you. Uh-huh. Like a terrible mistress, yeah. right? In your ear, and yeah. they're begging you to take Kentucky. It's, it's such a small a number. Exactly. And I'm flipping around, and I assume, Gabe, that you're on Davidson. You know, I'm actually leading with Davidson in this game. Although, I'll tell you what, over the last couple of weeks, and I was one of the few people to, uh, to tell people, watch out for Kentucky. I like these blue chip programs. Blackjack brought it up earlier. One of the reasons why I like UCLA. I like underachieving basketball teams that are stacked with blue chip prospects. Uh, because the fact of the matter is, this isn't a long haul. This is 40 minutes. And talent matters, guys. We can throw all this Cinderella crap out the window. Okay, 16 of the last 17 uh, winners of the NCAA tournament have been a one, a two, or a three seed. So I hate to burst Cinderella's uh, you know party here, uh, but she gets kicked out of the party before it gets to midnight. Doesn't mean there can't be some upsets along the way. Sure. Uh, and one, one, twelve, five upset, and I'm the only one. Yeah, right. Uh, basically, everybody from Pittsburgh to Pierre. Uh, South Dakota is on the Jackrabbits here, and I'm I'm on board with this one, guys. I know it almost seems too obvious here, but Mike Dom is one of the best players that the casual college basketball fan doesn't know about. You know, kid, extremely consistent. Put up 25 points a game last year. Followed up with 23 uh, this year, shooting uh, 42 percent uh, from the from downtown behind uh, the arc. This is this is a basketball team that beat Ole Miss. Uh, this year on the road uh, you know the committee might not care about current form but the gambling co- you know community does and I do the Ohio State Buckeyes they're a sloppy team you know they, they have some NBA talent uh, but they're not the most cohesive uh, unit uh, they get into a lot of foul uh, trouble they've lost three of their last five games and we're talking about ATS numbers here since 2009 12 seeds 24 and 12 against uh, the spread. I think we have a cover uh, cover here. I think the Jackrabbits can win this game outright, but uh, le- legitimately covering the eight points. I like this one a lot. And I'll just, you know, listen, you know, uh, Mike, you're right. That they might not win outright these uh, these 12 seeds, uh, but I got to take the points across the board uh, here. I think Murray State, the Racers, 
Uh, they're going to give West Virginia all they can handle. I think the Jackrabbits can legitimately win this game outright, too. Well, that uh, get us, gets us into the 12-5 matchup conversation that I was alluding to. West Virginia's favored by 10. Ohio State's favored by 8. In the other 12-5s, you have uh, Kentucky, as I mentioned, lane 5.5 to Davidson. And the final 12-5 is, where am I looking at? Clemson and New Mexico State. And Clemson is uh, also lane 5. Greg, is any, uh, you know, Gabe just gave you who he thought has a chance to win outright, which means uh, there's a money line play there. But from just a basketball standpoint, are any one of those teams, if you're not familiar, you're not familiar that you think, like Gabe does, has a legit shot, win it outright, and advance on. I want to go back right to the South, where you, where you were a moment ago with Davidson in Kentucky. Uh, Mike said it. Kentucky had no interest in seeing a team like Davidson who could just hit threes at nauseam. That's how they beat St. Bonaventure in the A-10 tournament. They hit like 16 threes. They're another hot team. They go uh, on the road in the A-10. They win the conference tournament. They win seven out of eight. And again, what doesn't Kentucky do well? Defend the three-pointer. That's what Davidson does do well. It makes It's very, very tough. I understand how White Hawk Kentucky is, but this is not their best team. This isn't even close to Coach Calipari's best team. Kentucky's going to lose this game. I picked it. It's my upset, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this region, I believe Davidson like is going style, to beat Greg. Kentucky. I like your style, Greg. And the thing is, Kentucky playing well right now, uh, but in this tournament situation, these kids have never been there uh, before. Davidson's an experienced team playing well right now. I prefer the bigger points. I like the I like the Jackrabbits plus the eight. I like the Racers plus the ten more than these fives from New Mexico State and Clemson. I think Clemson's going to outclass uh, the Aggies, but I think Davidson's a real live dog. Now, there's an interesting game here, again, spread-wise, and I'm wondering, and I do not know anything about how Loyola Chicago plays. I'll go to Blackjack on this. You know, Miami's a six seed. Yep. And they're an 11 seed, yep. and it's only two and a half point spread, which tells me that either Loyola plays a type of basketball that's going to give Miami fits, or I'm missing out on something. But I don't know a lot about that particular yeah. team. Uh, walk me through it, Craig. I, I love Loyola here. I like Loyola outright. I think that they, I think there's a chance that this game probably goes off close to a pick'em. It's at one and a half now. It's dropped a point overnight. Uh, I think Loyola is a team that could. A double-digit seed that could really make a run in this tournament. I think that if you've watched them play lately, they have dominated for the last couple of weeks. They've played excellent basketball. I think they're one of these teams that you could see, especially when you look at the bottom half of that bracket in the South, they're one of these teams that could really make a little bit of a run here. I'm actually on board with that. They are a top 25 RPI team. I have them going to the Sweet 16, beating Miami, and then Tennessee. Yeah, I look at it, I think, probably the way Gabe looks at it the most, and that is... The number doesn't make any sense. If you're an 11 seed and you go off at a pick'em or one, even two-point dog, uh, the, the the matchup isn't right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll always go with the guys that set the number as they know more than maybe the guys right. that put the games together, whether it's a 5-12, a 6-11, doesn't matter to me. And that goes back that to that number's 7-10. out of whack. And that goes back to the 7-10, right, where Texas is favored over Nevada. Shaka Smart and, and against Eric Musselman here, the Havoc defense, Mo Bamba healthy. Who has you know he missed three of the last four right. games clearly on a pitch count in uh, in the SEC tournament or the big the Big Twelve tournament rather Texas is going to win this game outright I, I completely agree with everybody was saying in here where Texas uh, in a good spot against Nevada they could go on to face Cincinnati where you look at this whole region all very good defensive teams it is very good. let me Top be the stick in the mud here the guys outstanding. Go ahead, let me be the stick in the mud with the Miami game I think Loyola Chicago is one of these teams that. A lot of people are going to buy into We talk about this as well. Sort of it's the ESPN factor. We see it in college football a lot. You know, people believe what they're told by the mainstream media. And generally, the mainstream media doesn't know anything. 
Um, and no, I'm not saying Lyle Chicago is not a good basketball team, but come on, guys, they're, they're a Horizon League team, all right? You know, um, you know, they're a Horizon caliber league team, uh, Missouri Valley uh, Conference caliber teams coming up against an ACC team, the Miami Hurricanes. Play better basketball. You want to talk about a coach that does well in the tournament, Jim Laranega. And to me, NBA talent matters. Lonnie Walker, he's a great player. He's going to be better than anybody on Loyola Chicago. I'm actually, I'm going to, I'm going to let the public hype sort of let this number come down uh, a little bit because this is an instance in a regular season when you see line movement, it's sharp money. All right. You know, there's only guys like Blackjack and, you know, there's, you know, Dave Malinsky's in the world that are betting on these games regular season. Right now, everybody's betting on these games. So I don't really respect the line movement as much in an NCAA tournament game as I do a regular season game because everybody's betting on this stuff. This is one that I find intriguing, actually. I could be wrong. We'll find out, guys. But I'm going to let the hype build on Loyola here, and I'm going to pull the trigger on the Miami Hurricanes. Well, let's talk about uh, something that's uh, about one individual before we uh, take a break and then move on from the South, and that's the Trey Young factor. All right, Oklahoma, which was uh, they came in sixth in their own conference. All right, they're a horrendous road team. I think they had two road wins the entire year, and they've got a kid that most people think is the number one pick in the draft. He's prematurely balding, so I have an affinity for that. Um, and he's also had moments where he's just, I mean, amazing to watch him play. Curry-esque. And some moments where he's you know, a kid who does not play well. And, and he takes literally about 80% of all the shots uh, for Oklahoma. 39 shots. You can make the argument they don't belong in the tournament sure. if not for a guy named Trey Young. Sure. You agree with that? I completely agree. I think that's why they're in. because they're not, And they're not even in a play-in game, so they got in fairly safely. They have not won a road game this calendar year. Right, and we're already in March, meaning they suck. Blackjack. Yeah, I don't think they have any business being here, Craig. I think it's a joke they're in over any of the teams we've been talking about, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame. And Oklahoma I, State beat them in the look, conference tournament by double digits. Yeah. Without Trey Young, there's I don't see how they're in this tournament. And I think that, you know, I think Rhode Island gets the job done, even with the struggles that they've had lately. And Rhode Island has kind of limped to the finish line. I still just think the formula is there. Real just quick, guys, because i got to move Young. on from this one region. Give me the team that comes out of the south. Do it fast. I start with Mike. i got to go UVA. Defense is too tough. And Virginia, got a lot of ball Greg. Handles. Virginia, the other team, Cincinnati. Virginia's got a better defense and a better offense. It's Virginia. Gabe. Virginia, but the one caveat is watch out for this Arizona Wildcat yeah. team. They got a chip on their shoulder right now, but I got to go. Uh, I got to go with UVA. Blackjack. Arizona. I like the Wildcats. So between the two of you, you got it covered, right? No yeah. one's taking Cincinnati, so it's mostly chalk in the South. We will move on from the South and check out the West and find out who Virginia or Arizona is going to play when they meet up uh, in San Antonio a few weeks from now. You are watching the 2018 March Madness Special presented by DKMS. We go all the way to 6 o'clock here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Let me also mention to you something about DKMS.org slash FNTSY. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. All right, welcome back. 
Craig Carton, along with the gang here, as we break down the 2018 uh, brackets for March Madness. You got a couple days to fill yours out, of course, and good luck to you. Whether you're in one of those uh, pools where you just have to pick the final four, whether you're in a pool where you actually uh, can pick a lower seed, if that seed beats a higher seed, uh, you keep them. There's also a really cool pool, uh, I'm sure Blackjack and Gabe have been in, if not, you know, Greg and Mike, where you can take the lower seed and you're getting points. If they cover the spread, even if they lose the game outright, you then essentially have beaten the guy who had the better seed. So in other words, if one of the 16 seeds covers the number against the one seed, you actually win that game. You now own the number one seed going forward. Plus, I've seen drafts of players. You name it, you can do it, and it's a way to keep everybody involved. I should mention while we're here that you can also get your RotoExperts.com exclusive edge fantasy baseball package right now. This year's version is new and improved with more analysis never, including an all-day chat channel because you have nothing else to do but chat about your fantasy baseball team. Just don't do it at work because much like the fake golf swing, nobody wants to hear your fantasy baseball team at work. You bring it here to the rotoexperts.com. They want to hear it. They want to share it with you. You can hear uh, Jake. Uh, what's Jake's last name? Seely. Jake Seely. It's C-I-E-L-Y. I could F that up. For sure. That's so I figured to ask somebody that might know how to pronounce it. Tim McCullough and a Hall of Famer, my main man, going back way, 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 way back. Scott, I got the best glasses in town. Angle. So you can enter code FNTSY at checkout. Get your Roto Experts exclusive edge fantasy baseball package. Now, the promo code is FNTSY. We're live on every digital platform right now. So tell your friends, tell your friends we're breaking down the tournament. And that brings us right now to the West, where Xavier. Could you have ever imagined a day in your lifetime, Mike, when Xavier was going to be a number one seed and worthy of it? Well, I'm a good Jesuit Catholic kid, so why not? So the answer is no. <laughs> Blackjack's not Jesuit, Catholic, or believe in God, so he would have said no right out of Jump Street. I'll tell you what, Craig, I have not been a fan of this Xavier team all year. I don't like them. I think they... <laughs> I, I, I think they're not ready for prime time, brother. I, I just every time they go up against a spot where, where you think it's a little bit of a step up for them, they, they, I feel like they get knocked in the mouth. And I don't think that changes. But having said that, I don't know who the hell else you give this number one seed to. I think they're a legit so I guess number by one, default, actually. They get it. But I have very little faith in Xavier. I don't think there's, again, there's no surprise that they're the number one. I mean, I think they've been a lock to be number one for, yeah. I mean, several months at this point, right? I think they're overhyped, and uh, you know, to, to me, I don't understand how they can be seated ahead of uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels. But we talked about it earlier, guys, and and the motive of the committee. And if you look at this, so Xavier's going to get through. They, you know, they're the one seed. They'll get Missouri or Florida State after the fact. Uh, South Dakota State, Ohio State. I think what the committee wants to do here is to sort of set up that mid-major matchup with Gonzaga and Xavier because it's going to be Blue Bloods. We talked about it. It's either one, two, or three seeds, and it's always a, a team from one of the Power Five conferences as well uh, that wins the NCAA tournament. So I think they're sort of setting it up. Uh, Xavier and Gonzaga. I got Gonzaga knocking Xavier out. You know, Michigan was a big surprise this year, especially late. Uh, I don't think anyone really could have predicted the Michigan run. Uh, they come in now because of that run as the three seed. Uh, they'd have to play Carolina in the Sweet 16, which would be a great matchup for basketball fans. Greg, I'll go with you. Is Michigan 
and I hate using them as an underdog team or surprise team because they are a three seed. But of all the three seeds, hard to not see how Michigan could not get, could get there. Maybe a little bit easier than the others. I think it's one of those games you circle in the tournament. And be like, this is what I want to see. John Beeline is one of the best coaches in the NCAA, and one of these guys that you don't see a scandal coming for. Um, oddly enough, but with Michigan, every single year they get better. They simply get better as the season goes along. I know what you said, Blackjack, about like Arizona State and Oklahoma being really, really good in December. Michigan, Michigan was terrible. Yep, I mean, they, they were awful. But when you get to January and February and March, they figure it out year after year. That's why they rightfully are a three seed. That's why they get to the Sweet 16 of the face North Carolina there. And it'll be a much better game than the first time they played back in October. Touching on Gabe's point in regards to Xavier Gonzaga, he's right. Do you want to see it again? Because you saw it last year in the Elite Eight between those two teams. And it was an awesome game. And that's what committee is going right back at it again this year with Xavier Gonzaga. Uh, Gabe's 100% right with the storyline. I want to just jump in on Michigan because I happen to be a Michigan Wolverine fan. And I have been uh, since 1978. So one thing, and I, you know, this is one thing. I was the only one that was yelling this. And I take offense to that they were terrible, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> they were terrible. Uh, but, yeah, they, they, weren't, uh, they, weren't, they weren't showing this. But don't forget, they won a Big Ten tournament last year. Guys, I told anybody that would listen on every show that I did, grab Michigan at 80 to 1. All right, grab them at 80 to 1. Here they are now in the 10 to 15 to 1 range. You mentioned it. Uh, Beeline's a master, man. Um, you know, it, since uh, you know, Beeline's just a tournament master, two straight Big Ten tournaments. Michigan goes to the Final Four. That Michigan-North Carolina game is going to be a great one. The winner of that game goes to the Final Four. Michigan's a real dangerous team. Yeah, it seems like the bottom part of the West. That's And no one's given any respect or love to Xavier, but I think most people would agree with you that whoever wins, assuming they get there, whoever wins the Michigan-Carolina game is going to the Final Four where you're going to be, Mike. Are, right. are you in lock with all of us? Or why can you move on to the I Midwest have, if it, you are? Well, I'll say in general, if the Big Ten doesn't do well in this tournament, I'm going to be in trouble. So I do have Michigan going to the Final Four. I will be there hopefully to watch them and celebrate at one of my correct picks by the way xavier has a player named blue it's going to be difficult for me not to at least root a few games it's <laughs> rarity is that it, is he related no no <laughs> surprisingly no have you ever been to san antonio i have not so it'll be no. my first time there i'm looking forward has to anyone it. here ever been to san antonio never been Heading down for the Final Four as well, though. So you go to San Antonio. There's a chain restaurant. It's called Dick's Last Resort. It's not just there. It's a, there are no, yeah. probably 100 of them worldwide. Yep. But I went there, and I went to Dick's Last Resort with a fellow friend of mine who's about your size, Blackjack. And we walked in. I'd never been there before, and I figured this is San Antonio. I can't wait to immerse myself in the uh -huh. culture, meaning food and beverage of San Antonio. Attractive waitress walks up to us. My buddy goes, can I please have a Budweiser? And she said, how about a Bud Light, you fat bastard? <laughs> I fell in love with San Antonio at that very, very moment. So you'll enjoy it. And whoever's going there, it's much better town than Houston for a major sporting event. So I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, just for uh, S's and giggles. Yep. Um, Gabe, I'll go to you. An underdog, pick anyone you want in staying in the West that has a shot to maybe, let's, gay, let's say, get to the Sweet 16. Uh, you know what? I'm going to, uh, for, for the record, a best bet that I do like, I like that Michigan-Montana game to go over 135 points. Michigan's last seven games have either gone over or been a push. Montana's a higher-scoring team as well that uh, scores into the low 70s. 135 is too low in that basketball game. I'll say Gonzaga. You know, are they, you know they're a four seed, mm -hmm. so I don't know if it's much of a reach. 
Gonzaga, and I'll tell you what, this Houston Cougar team's dangerous, but I think they get bounced. So ultimately, I'll say Gonzaga is sort of that dark horse. And I don't want to cop out, but I got to say the Zags as a four seed. I think you got to look at the game you talked about earlier, Gabe. That's Mike Daum and uh, South Dakota State. They've been there before. Mike Daum is the superstar that nobody knows about, except if you're if you're a gambler, you know exactly who Mike Daum is. If you haven't beaten Ohio State, they can get past Gonzaga. South Dakota State is legitimately good. They can get to the Sweet 16 as a 12 seed. Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree with you more about South Dakota State. I actually have them advancing to the Elite Eight in this tournament because wow. the, they, they play at such a high tempo. That team can score, and they can score quickly. Pardon me a sec. So you have them, you have them beating Ohio State That's a I do. and then beating Gonzaga. I do. And then beating Xavier. Well, no. I do. Yes. And beating Xavier. I have them losing to Michigan. And I will just say this. You're asking about a low seed in the tournament. I'm on Michigan. I have them in the Final Four. But don't sleep on Montana. The Montana Grizzlies have played very well this year. And Michigan, with this week off, we don't know how that's going to impact them. I don't think it's going to be a huge factor because John Beeline is a great coach. But Montana is a very good team, and Michigan can't overlook them in the first round. Mike? I went straight chalk in this one. I don't see too many upsets, but South Dakota State is probably the one I can see the most out of. Providence is a really good team, but I just don't think they'll be able to match up well against North Carolina. Uh, but that would blow up brackets in a big way. If Providence got on a run here, every, everybody's going to be picking Carolina or Michigan. So Providence would be the team, uh, assuming it's not something crazy like what Blackjack just mentioned. But Providence is a team that could legitimately blow this up. Houston also, I think, yeah. uh, has some talent as well. They could blow things up, uh, getting past San Diego State and then potentially that game against Michigan. Yeah, listen, I, I hate the bracket, to be honest, I do. I think it's a two-team bracket. I think it's the two teams we discussed. I think it's Michigan, Carolina. I, I hate the fact that, you know, where Carolina gets to play. Um, I mean, it's unbelievable yeah. that they're playing in Charlotte, right? Uh, it's also unbelievable to me that, you know, when I, when I that Charlotte's in the West. Last time I checked, uh, maybe like Columbus thought he landed in India. He's the last guy to F it up that badly. How yeah, so Charlotte's how the in the West? Get. What is it, Gabe? Michigan's the Big Ten champion. Michigan are the Big Ten Conference championships. And, yeah, they're playing in the West. How is that possible? Yeah, I did. None of it makes sense. It's it's. You wonder why kids are stupid today. It's not because they're playing <laughs> Fortnite all day. It's not. It's because when they go to watch sports, someone says to them, hey, I'm watching a game in the Western region, and it's in Charlotte, North Carolina. It doesn't make any sense. In any event, we'll go around the horn again like we did for the South. Give me the team that represents the West. Michael. I have Michigan beating Xavier. I'm going to I'm gonna take Xavier to go to the Elite Eight and probably because you know, a lot of people are going to be fading them, but I'll have Michigan advance. Michigan over Xavier. Blackjack. I've got Michigan as well. Who, do, who are they playing to get there? Uh, South Dakota State. South Dakota State. You told me that already. Gregor. I'll take North Carolina over Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. And Gabe, walk me through it. Michigan or North Carolina will represent this bracket. I've got uh, Michigan beating Gonzaga to get there. All right, so one Gonzaga, one South Dakota State, chalk in the top for you two fellas. I have that right? Gates of Michigan. And well, for the bottom, right. I'm yeah. saying who's Michigan going to play against? We have a little. So we have four teams that you guys have picked to get out of the West, which brings me now from the West. We're going to go all the way over to the right side in the top hand right corner, and that is the East. Villanova, no argument, the number one seed. The number two seed is Purdue. And it's an interesting bracket from the standpoint of, you know, the 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, at least I think so. Uh, before I get to that, I'll start with you, Blackjack. Is there a lock in your mind to not just get to the Final Four out of the East, 
but to dominate, cover every game, and have a nice little stroll on their way. I mean, look, it's Villanova. I mean, Villanova, I think, has got, got the best draw here. I mean, this bracket, I, I love what Colin Sexton did at Alabama. I think they, they have a good shot to get by Virginia Tech, but I think Villanova kind of cruises to the Sweet 16. Well, let me stop you there, because there's one team that I, I fall in love with every tournament, and it's not Syracuse, <laughs> although I pick Syracuse to win every tournament, which is why I've only won my brackets once in my lifetime. Huh. All right? But I'll say this. Anytime Bob Huggins is on the sideline and West Virginia is playing basketball, I will take them. I don't care what the point spread is. I don't care who they're playing. There are some coaches that are just tournament good, and I believe he is one of them. They're a five seed this year, uh, West Virginia is, and they're playing Murray State. That's a W. And then they're going to play either Wichita State or Marshall. That's another W. You could put West Virginia today, in my opinion at least, into the Sweet 16. Is anyone buying that? Or I'm am I, I, I am. I am. No, I'm I in for sure. I'm yeah. in. I like We're all in. Wichita, like State could beat them. Wichita State could beat them, I think. I'm not high on West Virginia. Or, you know, On Saturday night, I didn't understand why West Virginia were favored against Kansas. And, and Kansas beat them rather easily. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. We probably get that rematch again. Wichita State, to me, and I agree with Mike, what he said, Villanova has the clearly easiest path to get through here. Purdue is struggling. They're a fraud. They're not a real two seed uh, at all. West Virginia uh, won't be, you know, West Virginia is not going to be a problem, I don't think, uh, for Villanova. Ultimately, I think Villanova gets there. But now Wichita uh, State-West Virginia game will be close, I think. Greg. Yeah, I like, I like West Virginia absolutely to get to the Sweet 16. Every year in the tournament, you see Bob Huggins standing on the sideline, like you said, Craig. And ultimately, that, that press is, is impossible to be. I saw it firsthand with Maryland where you have one point guard and he can't do anything. You're stuck. And when you face teams like a Murray State, which the state's been there before, but West Virginia is very, very tough to beat. I think they, they face off against Villanova. I like Villanova to get past them. I agree. Get them to the Final Four. Uh, but I, I do like West Virginia to get to the Sweet 16. Which means West Virginia versus Villanova, Blackjack. Yeah, Craig. And listen, the press is tough to beat, but the problem is if you can beat it, You're in. you can put a ton of points on yeah. the board. And Villanova's got the horses to do it, right? Absolutely. I mean, with Brunson and DiVincenzo. Yep. You know, you can you can get past the press with these guys and really run the score up if you can beat the press. And I think Villanova absolutely can. You can make the argument this Villanova team is better than the one that won the national championship two I years ago. I think they are. Yeah. I think they are. And it was a great national championship game, too. I was there. Were you at that one? I was there. Well, you get to go to a lot of cool events, don't yeah, you? Yeah, it's not bad. When's the, have you been to, like, 20 tournament finals? I've been, this will be my third Final Four. So I went to the one in Atlanta where Louisville took that, and then I went to the one at, which was the great game, the North Carolina-Villanova game, the last second shot by Chris Jenkins. The Final Four games, right. the semifinals, were terrible games that year, but the championship game made up for it. Yep, it has lived up to the hype. Blackjack, what is your, historically... What's the biggest game you had for an underdog winning in your tournament history from a wagering standpoint? What's the one that you look back on and go, that was my best pick and I killed it? You know what, man? I, I don't know that there's one pick that sticks out. I think a few years ago when UConn won the national title, I think I was on them a little bit in that situation uh, early in the tournament. But, you know, I, I don't have one that jumps out. I will tell you, though, you're looking at this bracket out in the East mm -hmm. and you're talking about upsets. Keep an eye on Stone Cold Stephen F. Austin because that team plays defense really, really well. And I know a lot of people are high on Texas Tech. I'm not there. 11 I'm and really a half point spread. I like them. I think they got a shot to win the game. I have, them, I have them advancing. I would take the I points here with Stephen F. Austin. Gabe, did you ever have a wager where you want enough money to buy the snakeskin boots that Blackjack's wearing tonight? <laughs> 
I've had some pretty good ones, but people always ask me, what's your worst beat? Do you remember this bet? You know, listen, uh, Craig, I bet on like Vietnamese under 19 youth soccer leagues. All right. So I've got, like, <laughs> I've got like 32 bets a day. So it's like, I don't I don't even remember half the bets I made yesterday already. I don't want to. <laughs> I figured someone was going to mention Ramil Robinson in 89, but that we didn't get yeah. we didn't get that I lucky. Got, Glenn Rice, my favorite player of all time. You know, Ramil Robinson ended up like ripping off that mother that pulled him in and stuff. Remember that story, Craig? Like, I do, I do. This yeah, is the like uh, 2018 March Madness special presented by DKMS. <laughs> We've got another hour to go. We'll get into some of the handicapping parts of it. We also have a couple more brackets to go region-wise. we got to do the Midwest, of course. We'll get the guys' picks on each region. We'll give you a final four, and we'll try to give you some totals along the way as well right here on the Fantasy Sports Network. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to DailyRoto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's the DKMS 2018 March Madness Special. That's right. That's right. Right from uh, the center of Manhattan. We're on uh, West 35th Street, and we got a couple days to get ready now. For the tournament, of course, the playing games now officially started. you got four of those games coming up. And then we'll get busy on Thursday afternoon with wall-to-wall college basketball. We have uh, Mike Blewett to my left from the Fantasy Sports Network, of course, and the Fantasy Sports Today. To my right, Greg Sussman, same deal. And uh, helping us out from a handicapping standpoint, because at the end of the day, that's what the tournament's all about. It's like the Super Bowl. You don't watch college basketball all year. You watch the tournament. You don't watch college basketball all year. Suddenly, you've got a favorite underdog that's going all the way. These guys are here to help you figure out how to fill those brackets out so that you don't look like a total uh, schmageggy at work. And when you bring up South Dakota State, you can at least say one thing about them. I remember once I walked into the WFAN newsroom and Mike Francesco was sitting there. And I told him I loved Oregon in a uh, college bowl game. He goes, name one guy that plays for him. I go, I can't, but I know how point spreads work. I'll take Oregon. And they won and covered the number. And I went back to him and I said, how'd you like that game? He goes, you still can't name a single guy on the team. I go, when they pay me on Wednesday, they don't really give a rat's rear end. And that's why, that's why Gabe is here. And Blackjack, of course. Blackjack is uh, with Barstool as well. He helps those guys figure things out. Even Portnoy, who clearly needs help picking games. And uh, Gabe is a notorious and legendary uh, gambler of everything from college football, the NFL, to Vietnamese dog racing, as he acknowledged just a few moments ago. There's no thing in gambling that a real gambler will sit next to another gambler, see two drops of water on a, piece, on a glass plane, and, and wager which one of those drops is going to hit the, uh, the, the ground first. That's what it's all about when it comes to the tournament. We didn't really finish that region. We all think Villanova is going to represent the region uh, in the Final Four. 
but give me a choice or two. Greg, I'll start with you. Purely from a basketball standpoint, that matchup-wise, hey, maybe they cover the number, but they're going to give us great basketball and win a couple games. Yeah, these guys here all said that they're kind of blowing up this region because it's, it's blow-upable. I mean, Nova's clearly the best team, and after that, it could be anybody's ball game. I think you have to like Purdue, obviously, because their road is really very simple to get there. I don't love Purdue, uh, only because they're susceptible to getting beat. You know, you, yep. think, you think Isaac Haas in the middle should be the big Haas for, for you know the cliche, but there's times where he gets lost in the game, and he gets into foul trouble, and that's it. Um, you, you have Matthias, who's really, really good, but you can make the argument this team was better last year with Caleb Swanigan. So I, I feel like Purdue can get upset early. I don't know where, though, because I don't really love Arkansas or Butler. I like Texas Tech, although Stephen F. Austin could knock them out, but maybe Stephen F. Austin goes to the Elite Eight. I just think there's just nothing here that really excites me up and down the bracket. That's why I have Villanova going uh, to the Final Four. Blackjack, I'll go to yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from, Greg. I mean, there's not a ton there. The, the one that I like, we talked about a little bit earlier, is UCLA. Like we said, you know, Colin Sexton in the SEC tournament kind of put Alabama on his back, and, and they had that nice run to the to the uh, you know semifinals. I think Aaron Holiday is a kid that could do that in the NCAA tournament for UCLA. I really like Aaron Holiday. They're well coached. They've got a great pedigree. They played in you know they, they played really competitively in the Pac-12, and I think people are kind of sleeping on them. And when you look at the path here, it's not crazy. I mean, I, I think UCLA. Could be one of these teams that gets there to the elite. Well, let me throw this at you with narrative, right? Because CBS uh, and, and Turner are all going to be about this narrative. With UCLA, you go all the way back to China back last summer uh, with LiAngelo Ball yep. and his teammate getting kicked off. And everyone kind of threw UCLA by the wayside then. No one really knows Aaron Holiday, even though he has two brothers that play in the uh-huh. NBA. Nobody knows that story because I think everyone tuned out after LiAngelo. And because, because of that, I think UCLA could surprise people. Mike, how about you? I have UCLA going to the Sweet 16. I, I took some liberties with this uh, side of the bracket simply because we're going to need some upsets. I have Stephen F. Austin winning a game. I have UCLA, who we all acknowledge could get beat by St. Bonnie's. That's a good team. <laughs> I have them going to the Sweet 16. But you mentioned we're all sort of on Nova, but I'm going to do a little bit of zagging while other people are zigging. I'm going to take Purdue because I think it's enough of a di- differentiator in my bracket sure. uh, to get myself uh, in the money. Gabe, any wild upsets spread-wise uh, in the East first round? I'm looking at it. Obviously, Texas Tech's laying 11.5 to Austin, as you guys have talked about, Stephen F. Austin. Uh, Purdue's not going to lose, but they're laying 20.5 to Cal State Fullerton. Uh, is there an, an upset that you like in the East? And you know, Pick one of the teams that's you know, eight or nine point favorites or better. This whole, this whole side, this whole bracket's about as attractive as the cast of The View. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, whoopee, it's, man. It's a tough one. I was going to say Whoopi Goldberg, but I didn't want to yep. single her out. So I, I, I got ball. Plus, nobody uh, needs to vomit live on this show. <laughs> uh, Florida Gators, guys. I like where you're going with UCLA. I agree. UCLA are a dangerous team, and I think Florida are as well. An underachieving team for the most part in a regular season, but real dangerous. Great point guard play. Very athletic. Big inside. Florida can get hot. They're a well-coached team. You know, they, they don't have great current form, but I think the Florida Gators could be a dark horse. They, they could beat anybody. Right. They could lose anybody. They could beat anybody. Guys, uh, we get, you all Villanova going, but who are they beating to get there in the Elite Eight game? I have Villanova over Virginia Tech, then over West Virginia, and then losing to Purdue in that Elite Eight game. The one thing I would counteract with Purdue it does have experience, four seniors yep. on that team in the rotation. Uh, I like the fact that they do, they do have some experience, maybe looking to redeem bad performances in the past. Blackjack? I have Villanova over UCLA. Oh, so you say making that that is a run of runs. I have them in the Elite Eight, yeah. Okay. Gabe, how about you? Villanova beats West Virginia. 
and Gregor. That's actually not possible, but I have Villanova over Texas Tech. All right, there you have it. The biggest point spread there in the East, of course, Purdue's laying 20 and a half to Cal State Florida. And after that, there's three games that are double digits, West Virginia, Wichita State, who no one's talking about. Wichita yep. State laying 12 as the four seed to Marshall. Um, I have yet to hear a single person think after the Marshall game, Wichita State doing a damn thing, Gabe. I got to go. You know, incidentally, it's the first time that uh, that a school is playing against a, a coach who has the same name as the school. Uh, Greg Marshall versus Marshall. Just Darren Roval came up with that. He's got a lot of time on his head. <laughs> I, I like the points in this game. I'm not overly impressed. I'm not overly impressed uh, with Wichita State. And what's the deal with that Frank Camp guy? Like, what does he have, 13 years of eligibility? <laughs> it appears that. He's he has a grandkids now that are going to be watching him <laughs> play in this game. Blackjack, a quick thought, or you're good? Uh, on uh, Wichita State, I, I think that they're probably not going to do very much here. I think they get by Marshall comfortably, but I don't think they really have a realistic shot to get by the press but, of West Virginia. Craig, I, I, thought, 100%. I, I thought you'd be excited to see a D'Antoni in the tournament with Marshall. No, I'm not excited. Anything with the last name D'Antoni is overrated. <laughs> uh, I had a big argument with Bill Walton about it. He thinks Mike D'Antoni is one of the most gifted basketball minds. If you're related to D'Antoni, who happens to be a good guy, um, I just root against you because you, you messed my Knicks up. And that's all I'm going to say about that. All right, for now. I'm sure there'll be other shows when we can talk about the Knicks' failures, um, which are just my lifetime. (laughs) Midwest, let's do it. Kansas is the number one seed. The number two seed is Duke. I'm a New Rochelle kid. I'm hoping that Iona can somehow, someway knock off Duke. I always view Duke the way I used to view Notre Dame football. I hate them with a passion. No reason. They're just hateable. And I don't care what you say about Duke or Mike Krzyzewski. They're an easy team to dislike. I dislike them. They're not going to lose to Iona, of course. But it would be nice to see Iona give them a game. Uh, They've made the tournament three out of the last four years now. Uh, But let's just go through it. Um, Kansas, of the number one seeds, seems like you guys think Xavier would be eliminated first. But do you see Kansas running into any trouble against whether it be Seton Hall or NC State? Or maybe if they get to Auburn uh, a few rounds in, I'll start with you, Blackjack. Yeah, Craig, I think that Seton Hall could give Kansas a problem, particularly if as of week A isn't healthy for Kansas. I think that's kind of the deciding factor here. If he's not 100% or by some chance doesn't play, I think Seton Hall could absolutely give Kansas a problem. I 100% agree with Blackjack's assessment. I think Seton Hall is definitely the tough matchup for Kansas. And listen, Bill Self lets you down every single year. Why won't this be a difference? I read an article this morning on The Ringer that Bill Self has lost to every number, every seed in the tournament, but like a 6, a 12, and a 16. So hey, maybe Penn, maybe Penn's the first one to do it. I can assure you that Penn is not going to win this game. <laughs> the, only thing, the only question is, there's an old train of thought that sometimes certain coaches have a lot of respect for the Ivies, especially when Fran Dunphy was coaching back in the day, and they didn't want to embarrass them. Um, it's a weird number being only 14 and a half. I can't remember the last time a number one seed was not favored by at least 18 or 19. Lately the 14. Second lowest time ever, Craig. It is the first lowest point spread in NCAA tournament history for a one versus a 16. My intuition was right. (laughs) Blackjack saying lay the 14 and a half. I wouldn't think about it just because, look, Penn's had a nice year. For an Ivy team, they played well. But athletically, they don't match up anywhere close. So let me get into the weeds with you and Gabe real quick. And I said this about an hour ago. There are some games in the tournament where if, you're, if the goal is not just to have a couple shekels and have fun at the office, to make money, that you have to be a first-half wagerer to do it. 
Is that one of the games? Because the first half, I assume, is going to be eight, eight and a half, whatever it is. Yeah, I think you could do Would that you there. lay the eight and a half yeah, and take them, Kansas, in the first half, Gabe? Yeah, I don't I don't have a problem with that. Penn can hit a couple of threes and hang around. I could see Kansas. Kansas. Listen, the, the point spread is what it is uh, for a reason. I think Kansas wins this game by 10 to 12 points. But in the long in the long term vision of this in the long haul i think kansas has been underrated and i think this bill self stuff has been a little bit overblown as well yeah blackjack i won't let you finish this thought on that yeah i i wouldn't have a problem laying the eight eight and a half in the first half in this game i i think this game isn't close and it's not close from the beginning to the end i so. think the reason they're probably giving penn a little bit of respect steve donahue their coach ivy league coach of the year he led that cornell team that went to the sweet 16 but did such ago. a great job at boston and then college he screwed up my alma mater <laughs> team and now he's right. back in the ivy league so I, mean, I don't care that you beat harvard it's harvard yeah, I mean, everyone can uh, you blow smoke up Tommy's ass all they want. You, they're still Harvard. They also lost their best player. It ain't like you went into Clemson and beat them in football. You beat Harvard. And they're also home, Penn was. They're, I don't even care where you played the game. They're still Ivy League kids. They're too smart to win, right? It's not the old like school days. Like about hating Duke. When I saw Penn celebrating yesterday after the game, you know, like when I saw the Lipsicum students, yeah, we're going to the tournament. I almost got goosebumps. Good for these kids. You know, they're going to have a great time getting wasted at the tournament. When I saw the Penn kids run on the court, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Go hurry up and be a lawyer and rip some people off in the future. Um, Here's a game for you. Auburn. College of Charleston. It's a ten and a half point spread. I look when I. It's funny when I look at this bracket, and there's certain teams. I'll be very honest. I know nothing about this particular year. I've not watched the College of Charleston play a single game. I can't speak about them. You guys are here because you can. I don't see a significant upset in the Midwest in the first round. Where when I say significant, let's just say a, a double digit, you know, underdog actually winning any one of those first round games. Mike, are you with me or do you have a team? I have College of Charleston I've, beating oh, Auburn. So. <laughs> you can't have the College of Charleston. I, I just don't like, love the like way it. Auburn's played as of late. Um, College of Charleston does have, I mean, they've had some success in the tournament historically. Not that it matters for these particular kids, but, you know, you got to pick your upsets. I don't like any of the 12 seeds, so I went with some 11s and a 13 here. All right, Blackjack, uh, jump I, I, on it. I'm with you, Craig. I don't see a double digit here. The College of Charleston one, I think, is the only one maybe you would really look at, but the problem is they play no defense in the Colonial. I mean, they play no defense at all. So while Auburn has struggled, I think Auburn finds a way to put enough points on the board. They may not cover it, but I think they win it. Gabe? You know what? I think College of Charleston can win this game outright. Auburn just aren't the same since they lost their leading shot blocker, uh, Anthony McLemore. Charleston can really push the tempo, as Blackjack just stated. They've scored 79 or more points in nine of their last 10 basketball games. They're 9-1 and one to the over for betting purposes. I like the over of this game, but we saw Auburn absolutely get torched like a split from the back of Snoop Dogg's tour bus in the second half by Sexton and Alabama. I wouldn't be shocked if this continues. I think Auburn are a very, very leaky favorite. Charleston can win this game outright. Love the points. You know, I, I talked about Oklahoma earlier tonight because of the you know, one-star player, uh, but it's an interesting spread here. You know, playing against Rhode Island, I don't, it'll make well, off as a pick. Them. It opened at one and a half. I don't know, Blackjack, if you have an update on that. I assume it's still one, one and a half. Where Oklahoma is a ten seed, is they're basically a pick 'em against Rhode Island, and that's what the committee will want. They will want Oklahoma to win a game, so Oklahoma State fans can shut up. So anyone that's picking on the selection of Oklahoma yeah. can say, "See, they won a game." 
Uh, and I like the four that. I think Oklahoma will, will beat Rhode Island and advance to the second round, and that'll quiet everybody down. But everyone around right. me is shaking their heads no. See, yeah, I, I, I completely disagree. I, so I've, done, I've gotten in trouble with this before, right? I did it with Michael Beasley. I did it with Kevin Durant, where you just look at this one guy, you're like, all right, this guy is awesome. He will just will his team to the second round. That's what, you're, that's what people are going to think and going to bet when it comes to Trey Young. Oklahoma, as Mike said, has not won a road game in 2018. That, that doesn't happen here in the tournament. Rhode Island is too good. I understand they struggled, but I said it off the air. I, I feel like they slept walk through the 8-10 tournament. Who did you say too off the air? Who are you talking to? Mike Blewett. You did? I he did. told you that off the air? They he did. So there's just pre-show conversations. I'll make sure that you guys know where these conversations are. Pre-production meeting is what it was. And ultimately, they didn't need the A-10 tournament. Nope. They were good all year. They were ranked as high as number 16. And we talked about veteran-laden teams yeah, like a South Dakota here. State, like a Stephen F. Austin. Uh, Rhode Island has been there before. Maybe this is Danny Hurley's last hurrah there. But EC, uh, EJ Matthews uh, and his team, they get there. Uh, they, they do enough. And I think they face Duke. And I think they give Duke a lot of problems in the next round. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more about about the Oklahoma Rhode Island matchup. Let, let me tell you something, brother. There is the the formula is out there on Oklahoma, okay? Put all your focus on Trey Young. Yep. He's gonna make the right pass more often than not. They can't hit shots. They can't hit open shots, no matter how many times you give them to him, that supporting cast simply can't do it. Okay, you'll like you talked about there are these guys that put teams on their back, they go on runs. You have to have some kind of a supporting cast. Oklahoma's is god awful. And it's not on Trey Young, but that's that's what you do to stop him. That's what you've been doing for the last two sure. months. All your focus is on Trey Young. The rest of them can't beat you. He put up 39 shots in a game earlier this year, and basically from that point on, the team has gone south. You don't think good enough to win the, the one game he's got to win? No, Rhode Island's too good. good enough to beat Rhode Island? Absolutely not. Rhode Island, like Greg just said, they limped to the finish a little bit, but they knew they didn't need that tournament. Okay, they were going to be in no matter what. I think Rhode Island now is going to come into this game, and I think you're going to have a lot of people on Oklahoma, yep. you know, because they love Trey Young, and they think exactly what you said, Craig. Trey Young's going to dominate this game and get him a win, and I think Rhode Island comes out and shuts him down. Uh, we're doing, obviously, March Madness. There's some other sports going on. I'll just quickly give it to you because it's breaking news. Uh, number one, the Minnesota Vikings have apparently reached out to Drew Brees. Uh, he is a free agent, and they are preparing what is supposed to be a significant offer to get Drew Brees. And the Cincinnati Bengals have swapped picks for the upcoming uh, NFL draft with it's a Bengal Bill deal. They swapped first-round picks, and Cordy Glenn is a part of that deal as well. So now you have a little NFL update there as well. Everyone thinks that they're going for a quarterback, and this will help them uh, achieve that goal, right? We're not here to talk about those sports in depth. That's for later on. But just to keep you abreast of breaking news, we are talking March Madness. We have more to come right here on the Fantasy Sports Network, made possible by DKMS. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to DailyRoto.com premium and learn more about our awesome product.
All right, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. 2018 March Madness Special presented by DKMS. I should mention to you that DKMS is something that you should definitely check out because it only takes one minute potentially to save somebody's life. And I'm being serious about that. One minute. That's how long it takes to swab your cheeks. Join the donor list with DKMS. Currently over 900,000 registered donors in the U.S. And we always need more. There's an American diagnosed every three minutes with blood cancer. There can never be enough donors. For only $45, you can help DKMS register new bone marrow donors. DKMS donors save approximately 19 lives every day of the week. And we want you to help save one if you're able to do so. All you have to do to check it out is go to dkms.org slash FNTSY today. And maybe you'll be in a position to help save somebody's life. Things a lot less serious than that. March Madness, the tournament. Mike Blewett, Greg Sussman, Blackjack Flesher, and Gabe Morenci joining us via Skype. We've uh, given you thoughts overall on each region. Now it's time for each of the guys to give you their final four picks and a quick rationale as to why they're going with those four. Guys, when you hear a pick you don't like, jump on it and let me know why you don't like it. I'll just start with Mike to my left. Mike, your final four are what four schools? I got UVA playing against Michigan. Unbelievable! Are you out of your... Okay, go ahead. And Purdue taking on Kansas. I'm, I'm torn between that Michigan State-Kansas matchup, but I feel like everybody's going to be on Michigan State, so I'll, I'll go the other way on that one. Anyone want to take him to task for those selections? By the way, we talked about it during the break, Blewett, about Kansas and why everyone calls out Bill Self. We went back to the Joel Embiid, uh, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Josh Jackson team. That was twenty fifth. That was uh, I believe twenty fifteen, where they fell Wichita State in the second round. Right. So that was a poorly seeded Wichita yeah. State team, though. And Kentucky's been an eight seed before. I think the committee. One thing I'll say about the committee: we hammer them. They've gotten better over the years about seeding teams. Gabe is right as far as gambling information, seven tens and all that. Uh, but we don't see that as much anymore, an eight-seeded Kentucky team or an eight-seeded right. Wichita team, which had the talent to get to the final All four. All right, we have Mike's final four. Greg, I'll go to yours. Yeah, uh, for me, I have, I have, you know, unfortunately kind of chalky. Virginia uh, up in the south. Down below, I think North Carolina beats Michigan, uh, gets there. So I'll take Virginia and North Carolina. On the other side, I will take Nova, and I will take Michigan State. So you have Virginia, a one seed. Yep. North Carolina, two seed. Yep. You took who else? Nova, a one seed. Nova, a one. Michigan State, a three. And Michigan State, a three. Anyone want to jump on that, Blackjack? Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm close. The right side of the bracket for me is the same as yours. I've got Villanova and Michigan State. On the left side, I've got Michigan coming out of the west. Uh, and in the south, I've got Arizona. All right, well, uh, let me jump on both of you guys before Gabe does. <laughs> yeah, I saw Michigan State in person play at Rutgers. Yeah. That's not a championship team. They're, they're, and I love Izzo. He's a great coach. No one denies that. And during the tournament, like a Huggins, he typically outshines yeah, most other the coaches. Thing, they I are mean, not a championship team. They're not. You know what? I've got two things with Michigan State. First, they don't have the wins that are like glamour wins, right? They didn't blow teams out. They didn't cover a lot of numbers this year. But they did win a lot of games. They got it done. They got it done ugly. That's the first thing. The second thing is we talk about Bill Self. We talk about Kansas with these early exits. Tom Izzo, to me, is kind of the opposite. Tom Izzo sometimes takes teams that you don't think have a deep run in them, and he makes that run. I think with what this team went through earlier, with the Larry Nasser stuff, with the controversy, we didn't know if Izzo was even going to be there at sure. this point. And they kind of came through it. They came through it strong. I think that this team definitely has a run in them. I think they could lose in the second round, actually. Gabe, what's wow. your take on uh, Michigan State? 
I hate them. I'm a Michigan fan. I oh, love yeah. them. I just I dislike them more than Ohio State, to be honest with you. But they're a dangerous team. The thing with Michigan State, and I agree with you, Craig, I don't think they're a championship team either. There's too many times where they have these lulls where they don't score for six and seven minutes at a time. You can only body check and, oh, yeah, how many times are you going to hear? They practice with football pads because Tom Izzo's tough, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, whatever. They're a dangerous team. They could go deep. I'll be quick with this, but 16 of the last 17 national champions have had eight of the same ingredients, guys. 16 and one, with the only exception, uh, UConn. You need to score more than 73 points a game. You need to give up less than 73 points a game. Yeah, uh, with 16 of the last 17 champions have either been a one seed, a two seed, or a three seed. A coach that's been in a tournament at least six times and at least to an elite eight at least once. A winning margin of the regular season of seven points or more. You have to have played a top 75 a schedule and have an All-American or been in the tournament the year before. 16-1 and one the last 17 years. So we should note the teams that meet this criteria. Nova, Duke, Michigan State, Michigan, Kansas, and North Carolina. And I think our final four comes out of, uh, of these four teams. I've got Michigan. Um, Virginia uh, makes it, but Virginia won't win the championship, but I got Virginia uh, getting there. So uh, Michigan, Virginia, Villanova, Kansas is my final four. It's interesting. It seems like the two strongest picks for number one seeds, Blackjack, are on the East and Midwest, and the two weakest ones, Virginia and Xavier, you know, if it stayed chalk, would meet each other. So I don't know if that's done on purpose or not, but <laughs> most people don't see Xavier getting to a Final Four. Of the other number one seeds, Virginia would be the least likely picked to actually win a championship. But on the right side, whether it's Kansas or Villanova, those seem to be the, the more popular picks. Now, some of that's just because people yep. know of them. Yep. The average guy knows Kansas, knows you know the Jayhawks, knows that Villanova won a title, knows Jay Right. Uh, how do you feel, though, about your Final Four? Look, I, I like my Final Four a lot. And, you know, you're talking about the way these number one seeds stack up, right? I actually think Virginia is a better number one seed than Kansas is. I think Me Virginia too. is a better team overall. Okay. I love Tony Bennett. But this bracket that they've drawn in the South is, is awful. So I, I can't take Virginia coming out of it because I love the way Arizona matches up with Virginia. Mm -hmm. And I think Arizona gets by Kentucky. Virginia wants to slow the game down. They want to, you know, take it to a snail's pace. And if I'm Arizona, I'm perfectly fine with that. I'll dump it into Aiton all day long. And if you want to triple team him, fine. Then Alonzo Trier can, can pick up some of the slack. I, I love Arizona in the South. I have Arizona to, to win the whole well, thing. Craig, Virginia's a yeah. great basketball team, but it's difficult to win a tournament of this ilk playing that kind of style. You're going to play yeah. too many tight games, and you're going to play tight games all the way through the Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four, and Championship sure. game. You're just going to lose one of them eventually. Now, many people Very don't know this, Very similar to but... Michigan State, Mike. Yeah. That's my point with Michigan State. I see a lot of, a lot of similarities between the Cavaliers uh, and, and the Spartans. And when I mentioned those eight, the eight ingredients needed, Virginia doesn't meet the criteria because they only score 67 points a game. Right, which, which means tough. they're apt to get beaten by a team you'd never think could beat them. A good yeah. three-point shooting team, Something a team that can handle zone defenses. Exactly. I gotta, I gotta ask you this though, Blackjack. We, yeah. We're talking about the teams that didn't make the tournament that were involved in the scandal. Your Oklahoma State's, your sure. USC's. Well, Arizona obviously comes to mind, uh -huh. right? Because yep. with, with Sean Miller and with the wiretapping, yeah, and I don't think they want. I don't think the NCAA wants Arizona to nope. win their national championship this year. Don't you have them going to your final four. Do. Does that not scare you? 
No, it doesn't scare me. I think that it's no coincidence they're playing Kentucky yep. in the in, in this early. I don't think it's any coincidence that they've got Virginia, the number one overall seed, looming very soon. I, I don't think it's any coincidence the way that this bracket's drawn, but I think that this goes to motivate Arizona. I think they with the suspension with Trier, he's back now. You know, the implications with Aiton, Sean Miller, all the trouble. I think Arizona comes out just pissed off, angry, and looking to, to curb stomp teams, to be honest with you. Look at the, their run in the Pac-12 tournament. I mean, they, they had a very, very nice run there. And I think that when DeAndre Ayton is on, which is more often than not, especially as this year's wound up, he's impossible to stop. I think he's uh, a man against boys. That off the court stuff you guys are talking about, I think is the it's kind of it's the intangible ingredient that actually could empower a team like Arizona, who's a very good team to begin with. And they win the conference tournament and the kids obviously adore their coach and he's being scapegoated. I don't know all the facts of the story. I know he's denied it. Mm -hmm. Um, and those are the types of stories, those side stories, those off the court stories. I would not be shocked if Arizona you know, does what Blackjack said. And he, he's already now started his little vindication tour by winning the tournament, the Pac-12 tournament. Yep. He, to his credit, is now, because the school's allowing him to speak about this stuff, and I don't think he'll talk about it much come you know, Thursday, Friday. No. But they're a good enough team without that crap to make a run. When you add this extra motivation of supporting their coach, I would not be surprised if Arizona's in the Final Four, not one Me little neither. bit. Me neither. No, and, and you know what, Craig, you make a great point about here. it, too. Because they, you look at, they have even more motivation because you know that this draw has to piss them off, right? They have to play a Buffalo team that can score very quickly. I yep. think Arizona gets by that. But then you have to play Kentucky in the second round in Boise, by the way. They've got to travel to Boise for this game. And then you've got Virginia after that, the number one overall seed. You just won the Pac-12 tournament. You have the best player in the country, arguably, probably the number one or number two overall pick in the NBA draft, and you're a number four seed. Well, that, I, mean, I guarantee you, that's, that's what Miller's telling the kids too. It's us against the world. Yeah, yeah. that's it what is. it is. Nobody believes in us. I want to bring up about Arizona, and I agree a hundred thousand percent with everything that you guys are saying about the chip on the shoulder. Sure's been messed with the NCAA for two years in a row right now with these bogus uh, supplements, suspensions. The Miller situation, the Aiton situation, love the point from a basketball standpoint. As Blackjack stated, they could just feed Aiton. They, they can play any style, Arizona. The one thing we cannot overlook, though, guys, is the fact that the Pac-12 doesn't win. The Pac-12 hasn't won an, an NCAA championship since, incidentally, Arizona in 1997. Uh, I mean, Craig, you and I had hair back then. 1997, <laughs> man, it's a long time. Um, they haven't made a, a, a title game since 2006 as a whole. I should note the Pac-12 is the only conference uh, to uh, have, uh, have a team make it to the Elite Eight in the last four years. So some of these Pac-12 teams will go on a run. The Ducks have gone on a run. Arizona mm -hmm. going on a run right now. But we can't overlook the fact that a Pac-12 team hasn't won since 1997. Yeah, Arizona as an Arizona team. That was that was Mike Bibby, and the nobody believes in this theory is real. We have seen it in football uh, countless times. Obviously, when you your everyone just counts you out. Most recently with the Eagles with their quarterback, right? And if you just get that motivation, and Sean Miller will have them, and he will be sweating through that suit really early on Thursday. Oh, yeah. uh, they, they could do it. But the one thing that I am nervous about isn't that people are counting them out. It's that the NCAA doesn't want them there, and that is a very very strong thing to overcome. Blue. One thing I'd say about the number one overall seed. Gabe sort of alluded to the fact that Virginia might have a tough time. Since they started announcing the number one overall seed back yeah. in 2004, only three of those teams have won since 2004. 
Similarly, three teams knocked out in the second round, right. so they're not t- t- particularly safe. The teams that won were North Carolina in 08, um, no, sorry, Florida in 07, Kentucky in 2012, and Louisville in 2013. I'm and not just sure last why, they year, meant, why they reference it. It's, it's and just last year, Villanova thing. got knocked out in the second round. Yeah, it, makes, overall. it makes no sense. Like, who cares? You're number one seed. I don't have to now rank the number one seeds and all yeah. that crap. You have four number one seeds. They're all expected to win their region based on being the number one seeds. And uh, here, I know there is a yeah. number one of number ones, but uh, it's just another the stupid way I've always looked at it, thing. To your point, the way I've always looked at it, if you're in a top, if you're a top four seed in this tournament, you have no complaints. Right. You got to beat the number one seed anyway. You're gonna have to beat good teams. If you're a if you get bumped to a five line and you got to play one of those tough tw- tough twelve teams or six to an eleven, I can see it. But if you're in the top four seeds, yeah. just go out and win. I've always thought the tournament favored Duke. They always seem to give Duke the easiest road there. Maybe not this year, but it always seemed like they go out of their way to support certain coaches and certain friend teams. Maybe they did that for my alma mater. Uh, I saw the yeah. Syracuse kids celebrating. Yeah, yeah, they did. The way I have not seen a team celebrate since Billy Owens was uh, getting stoned in a bathroom uh, at Fagan <laughs> Pub uh, at Syracuse. A um, very specific reference. Well, I'm not, or maybe he wasn't. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, so did you I hear can't about remember. That or were you in the bathroom? I, I just. I may have seen it, maybe I didn't see it. I'm not saying I was even there. I just know that there was a good thing cell phones weren't around when I went to college. It's all same about that. And the same for you guys. Greg's young enough to have had a cell phone and an Instagram account when he was in college. Here's the beauty of the tournament. Today, everybody's an expert. Yep. Yeah. Today, nobody's wrong. Whether you're an, your alma mater's in it, so of course you're going to pick you know, them to go. Or your favorite team is Michigan, so you could pick them to go. And you get three days to talk a lot of smack about why your team is going to win. When it all is said and done, typically at about midnight on Friday, day two of the tournament, your expertise has been blown up and out of the water. Don't be one of these guys that comes into work on Monday with a new bracket showing people, I got them all right. You didn't, which is why we stay with Blackjack and with Gabe on who to pick. Now, I've gone through a lot of the 512s with you guys. We've done some upsets. I need a team that you think will get to, let's just say, the Elite Eight. So they're going to win a couple of three games that will win and cover all of them. So not just a team that gets there, a team that you like against the spread to get there and win. And I'll, Gabe, start with you. I'm going to go with Villanova. I'm going to go with Villanova. I like the matchups uh, that they have. Uh, you know, for the record, the best ATS coaches in the tournament, Chris Max, 12-4 and four against the spread. John Beeline's 15-7, and seven, last 22. Sean Miller, Arizona, 18-10. and 10. Greg Marshall, Wichita State, 12-7 and, 10, uh, 12 and seven ATS. And Matt Painter, 12-7 and seven, uh, with Purdue. Uh, but, Craig, I look at, I look at uh, Villanova. I think Villanova will have their way easily and, and be able to cover the number, probably laying eight, seven and a half, eight, eight and a half, et cetera, against uh, Virginia Tech or Alabama, or a little less, seven. And then conversely, uh, cover a short number, five and a half or so against West Virginia. So I'll say Villanova are the team that I think would cover the most here. Blackjack, you. I, I like the Villanova pick. I think it's tough to go against the Wildcats with the draw that they have. Off the bracket that I have out there, Obviously, I would say UCLA because I think they're going to be a dog in almost every game after the play-in. So I think that they're going to win the games outright. So I would say UCLA. All right. 
Mike, you have a thought? I know you're not here to handicap from a gambling standpoint. No, but, but I, I actually, Blackjack and I are on the same page. I like UCLA to get on a little bit of a run here. I do have them potentially playing a lower seed in Stephen F. Austin. Uh, so they'd have to cover there. But I, I'm going to jump on board. It's what Gabe talked about at the top of the show. An underachieving but uber-talented team that just finally galvanizes at the right time and can get on a little bit of a run here. That could be Kentucky, who's white hot. That could be UCLA, who just squeaked in. You talk about Arizona being galvanized by the controversy, UCLA by being the last team, one of the last teams in. I got 20 seconds, Greg. You want to answer that? For me, South Dakota State covers a couple of games there. Right, and we've discussed them a lot, yep. and they have a coach that most of you have never heard of who many people think will become the new hot commodity after this particular tournament, the way Shaka Smart did before he went to Texas. There's always going to be one. We'll find out from the guys who their guy is from a player standpoint and a coach standpoint. Who's the heartthrob of this year's tournament on the Fantasy Sports Network? Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. We are in and we are back. We have another 20 minutes to go or so, making it about 17 minutes left in the 2018 March Madness Special presented by DKMS. You could save 20% right now. You should know that off the MLB DFS product this season at DailyRoto.com when you purchase the Roto Experts MLB Draft Kit for just $29.95. Dominate your seasonal draft with three-time Fantasy Pro's most accurate ranker, Jay Seeley, Hall of Famer Scott Engel, Find out how Drew Dinkmeyer and Mike Leone plan to share their success following a monster 2017 MLB season, which included a $150,000 top five live final finish. Head on over right now to rotoexperts.com slash dailyroto and start your MLB season with a hit. We got the guys here breaking down the tournament. Now, you may not know this, but at the end of every championship game, Jim Nance, the play-by-play announcer for CBS, finds and seeks out the young man that he thinks most embodied sportsmanship and what sports is all about. Doesn't have to be the best player on the team. Just has to be the guy that he thinks in his egotistical mind most resembles what a kid should try to emulate when it comes to sportsmanship. And he takes off the tie that he wore during the broadcast of the championship game and he presents the kid with the tie. Now, in some cities in America... He would be investigated and possibly even arrested for that. He's a 70-year-old man. These are teenagers. But he's Jim Nance, and he admits that he has some certain quirks that make him very special. Now, imagine if your 18-year-old son was greeted by a 70-year-old man in a locker room, and that man said, son, I want to give you my tie. You might punch him in the face. I don't know. But at the end of the day, it's Jim Nance. It's his tie. And it's the player that he thinks most embodies sportsmanship and trying your hardest. We don't see things that way here on this show. 
We will have a rule pick, a coach, and a player that will become the darlings of this particular tournament. I uh, will do coaches first. Michael. Since I have Purdue making a, a run, on, nobody else here has them you going. You have Gene Katie, which is fascinating <laughs> to me. But he, no, it's going to have to be Matt Painter. I, I think he'll, he'll get it done with the experience here, despite the fact that they don't check all the boxes that Gabe mentioned earlier. I think Purdue gets on a run here with the experience. Nova's going to be a really tough test for them, but they can upend Kansas maybe in the next round and win the title over somebody like Michigan or UVA. Got a Purdue head coach, Mike Painter. Blackjack. You know what? I, I, this is a great question, Craig, and I'm really curious to see this because I have Villanova in the Final Four. I have Villanova in the national title game. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious if that happens how hard NBA teams go after Jay Wright because I think there's going to be a substantial amount of interest. If you have a guy who's playing in two national title games in three years, a guy who is as polished as Jay Wright is, the NBA has already looked at him a couple of times, I think he would draw very substantial interest from NBA teams. By the way, he already has when they won it the first time. Even before they won it, there was NBA teams that looked down. The Knicks had considered bringing him in. Obviously playing on the main line, Philadelphia. uh, They have a lot of great young talent. He'd be the type of guy that might, if they're looking to replace Brett Brown, could potentially do that. Winning is everything, which is why it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter anything off the court. When you win, people throw a lot of money at you. The Knicks have done that. The Celtics have now done it. A lot of teams have. Greg. I want to take that, that question in two different directions. The first is toward the NBA. You mentioned Jay Wright, and I think it makes sense. I think Tony Bennett also makes a lot of sense for Virginia. Uh, his style of play, Mike was talking about it earlier, it doesn't necessarily translate to the NCAA tournament. They're very good throughout the regular season, and they fall because they can't score in the tournament. Tony Bennett uh, will be make a fantastic NBA coach at some point, and I think that's a natural next step for him, whether it's this year or not. If you're looking at what college coach could become a darling, go from a mid-major to a uh, high-major, I think you have to obviously look at Danny Hurley in Rhode Island, the favorite at UConn, arguably the favorite at Pitt as well. I think Danny Hurley probably on the move from Rhode Island after E.C. Matthews graduates this year. And I think Ed Cooley at Providence, too. I think he's done a nice job with Chris Dunn and after Chris Dunn left. Those two guys really stand out to me as coaches that can become superstars this tournament. I'm with you, Greg, and there's one other I'd keep an eye on. You're talking about moving from a mid-major, and that's Eric Musselman in Nevada. I think he's done a really good job out there. I think Nevada kind of got a lot of press this year more than they usually do in the Mountain West. I'd look at Eric Musselman to maybe move. Really makes the jobs. most sense because he's got the yeah. you know, the name. Yep. He was offered there. the Rutgers job and turned it down. Um, he's been offered a couple other jobs mm-hmm. and have turned it down. And he has been very very smart as he's progressed in his coaching uh, moves. Yeah. Uh, but, but he will be a major college coach at a significant program uh, twelve months from now. I'll for throw sure. out Porter Moser from Loyola as well. If they get on a little Absolutely. bit of a run here, they won twenty eight games and he can move. Let me let Gabe comment on this. Gabe, other than the guys that have already been mentioned, is there a, a coach that will stand out? In this year's tournament yeah i think that this is going to be the john beeline love festival when we talk about the, the cd year that has been the year of college basketball with all the the imminent cloud hanging over the scandal you know john beeline's name never comes up in this he does it the right way lost in the title game to louisville in 2013 you guys referenced earlier and it turned out louisville vacates it how come michigan doesn't get a banner now but that's besides the point in the olympics if the gold medalist is on roids the silver medalist becomes a gold medalist but i digress you know he's been around a while he had those old cool teams in west virginia and pitts noggle 
And now Michigan had been knocking on the door, final four before, national title uh, game uh, before with John Beeline. He does it the right way. Michigan are good kids. It's going to be the John Beeline love fest uh, during this uh, tournament. Well, at least you're consistent. The Michigan right. fan chooses the Michigan coach. <laughs> uh, there's, something to be, there's something about consistency when you have a good team that wins uh, you know, their, their tournament and has a lot of people liking them and they're playing their In best the right basketball way. of the year. Right. Again, the right listen, I, I, let me bring up my alma mater. I, I'm not a fan of Jim Beheims. He should have been fired many years ago after the Bernie Five mess. Much like uh, Joe Paterno should have been held accountable for the Sandusky crap. Same thing, just on a, a different numbers. Um, I hate the fact that he runs the university. Hate the fact of how they treated Hop, who is uh, his assistant for many, many years. Um, and he's there, and he's in the tournament. And you'll see the two-three zone. And I will not be surprised if, by the way, it would not shock me if Syracuse, out of the blue, wins a couple games. That would be typical for Jim Beheim. But I'll ask you guys because they're not winning the tournament, that, obviously. Go ahead, I, Gabe. I just want to throw out too. Besides Beeline, since I'm going to get real cute here, and I know Mike will be on board with this, and and Blackjack knows how good of a coach he is. Paul Weir. Paul Weir. He's actually a Canadian uh, dude. Uh, coached at York. Uh, he played for the Canadian national team. Uh, running, uh, you know, Paul, Paul Weir, very, very good coach. Uh, guy to keep your eye on in the future here. All right. I thought you were done with Beeline, <laughs> but if you want to add Paul yeah, to the mix. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I'm in the middle of a Bayheim ramp, but you want to get him in there? Can Syracuse do anything in this tournament? I am losing to Arizona State, so it wouldn't stun me if they ripped off a couple of games. I wouldn't be shocked if they win that game. It's a pick em essentially, yeah, anyhow. So I, I'll go with Arizona State in that game. Bye, Jack. Yeah, I'm on Arizona State. I don't think Syracuse gets past them. Yeah, I don't think Arizona State. I don't think they uh, beat Arizona State either. If they do, they face TCU. Jamie Dixon has plenty of experience playing against Jim Beheim in the Big East. Gabe, Syracuse beats uh, Arizona State. I don't trust the West Coast team going to the Midwest. They're going to have to hit threes against that zone. I don't think they do it. All right, Blackjack. Uh, I'm going to go back to you. There's there's a lot of people that think if you, you pick one team, stay on that team, a team that's going to win two or three sure. games. For those of you that, that are not wagers or gamblers, this is an opportunity maybe to make a couple bucks and obviously bet with your head not over and don't be stupid and don't just buy into what anyone says. Trust the experts, guys like Gabe, guys like Blackjack, who do this. It's their living. It's 24-7 trying to find the best games. Don't call those Fugazi services that are going to give one half the country one side and the other half the country the other side or guys that guarantee you that they're an 80% win mark. I've lived a long time and I know the world well. Guys, if you could win 60%, you're a, a hero amongst gamblers. You got to win 55% just to break even. There are guys that will go on runs, and there are some guys that may pull off 8 out of 11. It happens. It doesn't happen with any regularity or consistency. So guys will look to Gabe as you should, and look to Blackjack as you should, to try to find that one or two diamond in the rough. Um, from a wagering standpoint only. I don't care if it's a total, over-under. I don't care if it's uh, yeah. underdog. I need a couple teams or a couple wagers that you've already isolated that people yeah. can count on when they try to figure out who to go with. Yeah, you, you know, you, you bring up a great point looking at these matchups. The goal is to make money, right? We do the brackets. That's great. But at the end of the day, I can bet against any one of these Absolutely. Teams, okay, if I think the matchup isn't favorable, I'm not going to take a team because I wrote them on a bracket. So if you're, you're looking at two games, there's two games that I love in the first round. That's what I want to hear. Okay. The first is the over in Arizona-Buffalo, over 157.5. Buffalo can score 
a ton of points very, very quickly. They're one of the most potent offenses in the country. Arizona obviously can get theirs as well. 157, I like that over there. The other one I like is, is kind of uh, one of those matchups we were talking about with a, a good number of points being laid. Michigan State Bucknell. I like the points with Bucknell. That's 14 and a half. If you've watched Bucknell in the Patriot League, they're actually a very good team, okay? And I don't think they beat Michigan State, but I think they keep it within that 14-and-a-half number. I, I, when I saw that number of 14-and-a-half, I really like that. So those are two bets that I'm looking at that are a little bit, you know, sure. outside of your, uh, your normal ones that I, I like a lot. Let me go to you, Gabe. Uh, give me a couple picks just first round that you, uh, you're locking up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in on the Jackrabbits. We talked about them earlier, getting the eight points against Ohio State. The total is 147 in that basketball game. I think that goes uh, over the number as well. So I'll take the Rabbits uh, plus the points. A team that we didn't talk a lot in this next game in the rotation, actually, is uh, NC State and Seton Hall. Seton Hall, this is uh, they got three guys on the court. That This is their third consecutive year in the tournament. I think they're, they're somewhat of a dangerous basketball team. They're very emotional, but how can you not love these guys, Craig? A bunch of, uh, bunch of dudes from the Bronx, right? They're emotional dudes, but they're talented. They're experienced. They've been here before. Unless Seton Hall to beat NC State. And we talked about it earlier. Uh, College of Charleston and Auburn. There's going to be points scored in this basketball game. Charleston has scored 79 or more in uh, in nine of their last 10, 91 of the over. Give me Auburn and Charleston over the 147 and a half. I, I like it. We've uh, talked about you know who gets to the mm-hmm. Final Four. We haven't let the guys make their selections on who wins those two games and who's playing Monday night for the championship, and if Tiger Woods has won another Masters at that point, or if the New York Yankees will win over 100 games. Will the Mets win over 79 and a half? These are all things that these guys will discuss, whether it's uh, today, tomorrow, or on the weekend on the Fantasy Sports today. But you'll be there, Mike. and I I know your Final Four, who's playing for the championship game, and who is this year's national champion. I'll take Purdue over UVA in what may be an ugly game, but uh, I'll take Purdue by a few points and they cut down the nests. Boy, the NCAA would hate if that yeah, they were the really yes, game. Not that they can rig it, but that would be an absolute disaster for them. Greg? I'll take Villanova against Virginia. It's two number one seeds. It's not all that exciting. I understand that. Uh, well, Blackjack said it before. Villanova, probably the best overall team in basketball. It's a better team than the team that won the national championship two years ago. I think Villanova, for the second time in three years, cut down the nests in San Antonio. Blackjack? I've got Arizona over Villanova in the championship game. It's probably the only thing the NCAA would hate worse <laughs> than Mike's final. Uh, but DeAndre Ayton, I think, is going to be unstoppable. And Arizona's playing with a chip on their shoulder. I think they beat Villanova for the national title. And Gabe. You know what? I feel like a contestant on the prices right coming up after uh, Sussman. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to bid just one dollar more. I've got Virginia and Villanova in a championship game. I've already been accused of being a homer on a couple of occasions, so I'll say Virginia ends up uh, beating uh, beating Michigan. Virginia, Villanova. I agree. Villanova's uh, to me the best team in the country, and they have been all year long. Uh, Bridges and Brunson, Jay Wright's going to be too much. Right, let me go conference wise. Yep. Uh, which conference, Mike? Do you think has the best showing in this tournament? Well, I'm pretty heavy on the Big Ten, so I'm going to have to roll with the Big Ten on this. The ACC, while I'm a fan of them, uh, eight of their nine teams are outside of the East region. The only one that got into the East region is Virginia Tech is an eight seed playing a tough Bama team and going up against Nova in the second so round. So you'll go Big Ten. Yeah. Blackjack. 
I think uh, the Big Ten also. I think Michigan State and Michigan both have have nice runs in them. Uh, I think they both make it to the Final Four. I think they do well. I think the Pac-12 does well also because I have Arizona winning and UCLA in the Elite Eight. So I think well, those I can't. Two. That, uh, Michigan State, I'm telling you, that is not a – that uh, people <laughs> right? get – I know, it's, I know it's Izzo. I'm, I've seen him personally, and I was so unimpressed with their talent this year that that's – and I, I take nothing away from Izzo. He's a great yeah. coach. No one disputes that Hall of Fame coach. Uh, Michigan State is not that. That is not they a Final Four team. They buried me two years ago too. They mm-hmm. lost to Middle Tennessee State. It's in the not first telling round. you they they, that team's got problems. Gabe said earlier they'll go five minutes and not even hit the rim. That they are why, not going to well, the Final Four. That's why I like the Bucknell side on that on that number. But I think they get the job done ugly more often than not. We may need some side action. Gabe, give me uh-huh. uh, the conference. I'll say the ACC only because I believe Virginia is going to get to the Final Four, and we all seemingly agree on that for the most part, with the exception of Blackjack and Arizona. And I think if it's not Michigan, it's North Carolina. The winner of that North Carolina-Michigan game is getting there, and it's not shocking of North Carolina. North Carolina is being a little underestimated coming to the tournament. And just quickly, I know we're running out of time, a team we didn't talk about, and this is one of the instances. Remember when Lou Holtz and Tony Rice in the old days they won a national championship? People criticized Lou Holtz's schedule. And they said, Coach, are you the best team in the country? He goes, I don't know. All we have to do is be the best team every Saturday. We haven't played every team in the country. And that's the instance with this tournament. The best team might not necessarily win. It's the matchup. And I don't think Tennessee are great, uh, but they they have very favorable matchups. They're going to beat Wright State, and then they could beat the winner of Miami, Florida, or uh, Loyola, Chicago. So that's just one team. I know they're a three seed, but no one's talking about them. Don't be surprised if the Volunteers go on a little bit of a run here. Good job on that, Gabe, and wrap it up, Greg. I think for me, yes, the ACC can get there with Virginia, North Carolina, and Duke. All can obviously make the Final Four, but the one conference I've been talking about it all afternoon it's the A-10, man, with, with, with Davidson, with the St. Bonaventure, and of course with Rhode Island. I think they can make some noise in this tournament. Well, listen, whoever you pick, that's who you're stuck with. That's who you're going with. These guys will have their brackets filled out. You can check them out either on their personal uh, Instagram or Twitter accounts or Facebook. Let me let you guys promote that real quick. I know you guys are here with the Fantasy Sports Network. Let me go to Blackjack first. If people want to check you out on a personal level, where do they go? Find me on Twitter. Everything's on Twitter. Picks every day. Bracket contests. All sorts of stuff. At Blackjack Fletch on Twitter. Gabe, how do we find you? Uh, daily uh, right here on the fantasy sports uh, radio network at uh, four o'clock eastern twitter at sports rage gregor yeah, B- yeah bffs of course airs at noon on this very network and then nine to eleven fst before that fantasy sports today on the weekends and various specialty shows like this at mike blewett on twitter well listen there's a lot to talk about you can stay right here to hear all that talk whether it's a digitally or through the fantasy sports radio network and of course wherever you like to check out your fantasy stuff there's no other place to go these guys are the best at what they do from a gambling standpoint definitely check out what gabe and blackjack have to say and over the course of the next couple days just keep tuning this back on and you will find great insight into the tournament whoever you root for i hope they win mike Greg, Gabe, Blackjack, thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. The tournament is back, and this show has been sponsored by our friends at DKMS on the Fantasy Sports Network.